Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Texas Tech goes out of 2023 on a high note. And also, Chip Kelly has the idea, should we have one Power 5 conference league? An interesting point from the UCLA head coach. We'll examine the merits of that argument on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. On Crystal Ball College Football, we are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well bit more pale because I have to had to switch to my backup laptop. A lot going on right now, guys, having to get a laptop fixed again. Also, too, uh, this week I am going home. So with travel and whatnot, you know, certain devices stay in certain places. So bear with me over the winter holidays uh, just because I'm all over the place. And uh, still, show's coming out. We'll have audio. You'll have video. Uh, just maybe, you know, a couple hiccups here and there. But hopefully everything sounds and looks good. On Twitter, at NWPod365, you all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast. We ask for five stars in those places if you don't mind. You all can also, um, if you guys find us via YouTube, you all can find us there. When you all do, please uh, like the video and subscribe to the channel. All right, folks. So. Texas Tech goes out a winner. And I'm looking down because I'm using my phone now for notes because this computer's uh, this backup computer cannot process, do video, and use the internet at the same time. It just doesn't like doing that. Uh, so Texas Tech yesterday kicks off Big 12 Bowl season on December 16th, and they do it with a resounding 34-14 to 14 win. And my big takeaway, we'll get to the game here. My big takeaway, though, is this overall. After this win, Joey McGuire now becomes the first Texas Tech coach to have consecutive winning seasons since Mike Leach did it in 08-09. Texas Tech as a school has had, uh, you know, its program has had consecutive winning seasons, but ever since Mike Leach did it 08-09, they have not been done by the same coach. It was one coach had one winning season, one coach had the next, and in those times, Tupperville did not do two in a row. Cliff Kingsbury did not get two in a row. So um, this is an accomplishment because... It all goes back to the start of the year. We discussed Texas Tech at the beginning of the year. There was a little bit of a higher expectation for what the Red Raiders would do. And I forgot what I picked them. I think I had them top five in the top five area. My big question surrounding uh, how well they would do is how, how much better is their defense and can they keep a quarterback healthy? And I think those were two pretty reasonable things to think about when, you know, when it came down to how good they were going to be. Totally reasonable. Right. And it turns out like that was still a challenge for them this year. But I will say one of my 
the thing that I like the most, most from a coaching standpoint was the fact that they went more run heavy with their backs like Taj Brooks after the first and second injuries, just because like Taj Brooks is really good. But also, too, I think Zach Kitley realized they have to protect quarterbacks better. I've made this note before. I'll make it again. In the last two seasons, they've had to play three quarterbacks in each of them. You know, so, I mean, if you want to say like, hey, it's been the same guy, but like six different quarterbacks, you know what I mean? Or they've had to make a change, right? They've had to make, I guess you could say, four quarterbacks, probably even more than that, because they had Baron Morton with injuries. They've had Shuck now with two injuries. Donovan Smith was banged up. Morton was banged up again this year. Jake Strong played. So, I mean, you've had Chuck, Smith, Morton, Strong. Four separate quarterbacks, a bunch of different changes in between. And this year, luckily, after Strong, has, I think after the BYU game, they were able to have some consistency at quarterback, which is big because it's also going to be the guy who's going to be there next year. So uh, we'll see how things shake out in the transfer portal, but obviously Morton and Brooks coming back is big. There's a bunch of guys playing in the game last night who were in the portal. I'm interested to see where those things shake out, but eight and five, seven and six. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure like this year is necessarily a lot worse than last year. You know, the Texas loss was bad. Yes. They had nice three straight wins against UCF against Kansas and TCU, right? The BYU loss, I kind of throw out. I mean, they honestly they throw that one out because they had a third string quarterback. So, um, you know, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to manage there. Uh, and, you know, wins uh, against, I mean, Houston, Tarleton. Uh, uh, so, like, they have, you know, their their resume wasn't great. They're kind of a good barometer for, like, whether you're good or not. And I think West Virginia was, like, a little bit better than them. and One win better than them. But I think West Virginia was kind of like the, are you good, good, right? I think Texas Tech is like, are you average to above average, right, uh, in those situations. And, obviously, they beat Kansas with a third-string quarterback. But um, I think beating Cal, a decent Cal team, is good. And what I'll say is it looked like Baron Morton was feeling better shoulder-wise. Tell you what, guys, they asked him to make a lot of difficult throws, a lot of back shoulder throws, a lot of throws to the sideline. He also picked up a blitz down the middle and made a really nice throw. I think it was Tharp uh, in the middle of the field for a touchdown too. So I like the way that he threw the ball last night. Take care of the football better, get him healthy, and obviously I think the accuracy will come. He can throw the ball down the field, maybe a bit more zip on some of his throws more often, right? But he's offensive MVP last night, goes for 256 and three scores in the air. Um, only carried the ball three times. That's good, right? Taj Brooks, 22 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. That's fine. But they took control of this game, and I mean, you know, they they looked a lot better than Cal later on in the game. And like, Jay, I thought Jay Knott wasn't going to play because he mentioned the portal the other day. I saw the video. I guess in the video he said he is going to play. Um, but for Texas Tech, uh, looking ahead to their 2024 schedule and the fact that their recruiting class is about to be very good. Uh, you're thinking about, like, I know recruits don't always play in the, in the beginning, but I think you have to think about them as a team that, once again, trying to make sure they live in this upper part, keep winning, having winning seasons. If they have another winning season next year, it's, it's good. Then you'll ask kind of the more step up after that too. But once again, this is not, you know, this is um, not unique, but this is different. Like they have not had a coach back to have a back-to-back -back winning seasons since Mike Leach did it. And that was 15 years ago. So there needs to be some consideration for the fact that they did that next year. They've Abilene Christian at Washington state, North Texas, their road games are tough next year on the road. They've got Washington state, Arizona, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, and TCU at home. They have Abilene Christian, North Texas, uh, Arizona state, Colorado, Baylor, Cincinnati, West Virginia. So their home schedule next year, guys is very, very favorable. Um, 
you know, you're looking at some slam dunks at home. Now, the one that the, the one thing I always say about that is you prefer to have your easy, maybe slammer, slam dunkier games on the road. But I think like, you know, you get a lot of teams you can beat. Home. I mean, I see, you know, if ASU's not a lot better, they're going to beat them. Baylor's not a lot better. They should beat them. Cincinnati's not a lot better. They should beat them. West Virginia should be interesting, obviously. Colorado could be interesting, right? And we'll see. I mean, if Arizona's like they are this year, my God, that's going to be a tough game, right? Washington State, we have to see what happens to that roster. So you had a good chance there. The two non-cons, North Texas, Abilene, Christian, should take care of. So that chance to have a really nice year next year. Their schedule is not over overwhelming, not challenging. So who's the best team in the league, I think, coming in? I think it's got to be Utah, right? And Arizona's right there, and they have Arizona on the road, but – Still, you avoid you avoid what I think is the best team overall coming into the league. You avoid both Kansas schools, which is nice, right? Both of those are quality schools at this point in time. Uh, so avoiding, you know, really well coached too. You avoid both of them. So that's obviously nice to have if you are Texas Tech. So I'm happy with it. Uh, if I'm a Tech fan, I know it didn't look exactly the way you wanted to, but I think there's something to be said overall. Once again, another big offseason, but... They're going to have some uh, coordinator continuity. They're going to have some quarterback and backfield continuity. So I, I think you have to think that you know this, this next year is kind of the year we should take Texas Tech very, very seriously. Now they've done the back-to-back winning thing. Now it's time to elevate. You know, Now it's time to elevate for them, especially with OU and Texas heading out. All right, so next item on the docket. Chip Kelly had some comments to make. It's about a uh, minute 55 here, and I've got it in the video. Uh, improve through it. You know, we'll go through it. If you've already seen it, you don't have to watch it. But Chip Kelly had some interesting comments about the future of college football. And it should there be one league, right? Should there be one power five league? So here's what Chip Kelly had to say about that. Whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your your plan maybe be to to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem. And I think we need to have a conference commissioner. And I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spent time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group, and so there's 132 teams, and we all share in the same we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one, and the Sun Belt doesn't have another, and SEC has one, and they have another. That we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five. You can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You know, a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done. That money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing. The players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. All right, so there's Chip Kelly, UCLA head coach, 
So I agree with a lot of what Chip Kelly had to say. If you all want to go back and see what he said, articles have been written about it. Brett McMurphy tweeted out that. Um, so I agree, generally speaking, with what Chip Kelly had to say. Um, my, I, I'll kind of do the critiques first, or just kind of the idea as a whole. Like, that's probably where we're headed. The one issue is this, is that we, we're not going to share all the money. Like, if you're Ohio State, and this is this is why Texas and Oklahoma left. You know, this is why like this is why all these big schools go to the, the bigger conferences. Like, if you can get more money, why 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 wouldn't you do it, right? And also, if you can cut out schools that don't cause you to make as much or are not as profitable, why wouldn't you do it? So, for brands like Michigan and Ohio State, like if you said, hey, you can cut out Purdue and you can add Florida State, they would do that, right? If you could take Indiana and Illinois away and you could just end up going with um, Clemson and Alabama, why wouldn't you do that? So a big concern I would have about that, and I think that's, you know, that's ultimately, once again, we are where we are headed. But like, I, I do not like the fact that we're going to start excluding people. Because the thing is, you know, if you're Ohio State, like, I guess you would agree to going into a 65-team league, but, like, wouldn't you say, hey, we're bringing a lot of the cash here? Maybe you say, well, you know, everybody's involved in this, and, and, and you know, uh, like, I guess you could say, hey, uh, you know, we're fine because we're all going to make so much money, it's totally cool. But, like, ACC, like, like, Wake Forest and Boston College are not bringing the same stuff that Ohio State and Michigan are. And so, like, why are those schools going to want to share the money? It's the same argument that Florida State is making right now. So I think the one thing I'd hesitate is, like, it sounds great in principle, and I would love it if the Power Four all became one league. But I think the revenue-sharing part of it would be something you have to figure out in terms of how, like, the schools, how much they make. He is 100% correct about, you know, about all of it with, with the players getting paid. That eventually is going to happen, at least in my estimation. That's... That's like a foregone conclusion. The players in college football uh, are going to get paid. And I think in college basketball, man, I'm getting paid too. Whether it's that weird stipend type situation, whether it's going to be one of these deals where it's, uh, you know, like it's a scholarship fund or whatever it is, I don't know. But it's inevitable to me that the players are going to get paid. And I think they should, right? It would also, yeah, it would kind of lessen the NIL stuff for everybody across the board. Like if players knew they were getting some money, and, but here's the deal. You got to pay it to them now. Like you, like I, I think the idea of like, Hey, we're putting this thing in a trust or putting this thing in a fund or whatever. It sounds great, but like players aren't going to love that as much. Like you better give them some now and maybe some later, but you know, they, they deserve some money for being part of the product. He's totally right. Like this is this is the one thing about college football, and this is the one hard part. I mean, I, I think with YouTube audiences and, and audiences, you know, generally that watch this show, like we trend a bit younger um, in terms of audiences. I work in college sports for my other job uh, in Arkansas here, and I'll tell you what: like people are like NIL has ruined the sport, and it just doesn't feel like college anymore. It's like yeah, but also th what other billion dollar industry doesn't pay the athletes? And save the scholarship stuff, guys. I was recently in college. Like, like they here's the thing. They get an education. Well, they have to. How else do you get the kids on campus? Like, there's like there's no tit for tat with that. It's like, well, they have to be on scholarship to to play and to make the money. 
right? Or like, you know, to, to, to feel the team, like the players have to be on scholarship, right? You know, you don't get to work down at the gas station and show up for practice each day. Like you have to be a student. So that's the one part of like, and a lot of these guys, look, it's good to see them. Some of them come back and get their degrees, whatever. But to me, a lot of times what I observed in school was just keeping guys eligible was the big goal, right? I mean, you know, th these guys are there to like Cardell Jones said, we're, we're not here to play school. We're here to play football. And they were, the, you know, they, a lot of those guys, same way, they're there to play football. Um, and so like, and that's what makes all the money. So I think Chip Kelly's totally right on that front. And that's why I think older audiences are a bit more, a bit less receptive to that. But now you're seeing the contract size and now guys are getting paid anyway. Like I think it would kind of make some fans feel more power, feel more palatable if they were getting paid in a trust or, you know, revenue, like it just it kind of feel more official in some ways. Cause now it's official. You can get paid, but like it's all backdoor dealings and guys getting, you know, because once again, NIL cannot be used as an inducement for recruiting, right? But I, I think, you know, like we all kind of acknowledge, hey, it's that's probably the way it works. The one thing I, I'll say about this, it is trending in that direction towards, you know, these guys getting paid. And I believe they should be paid for it. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. You know, where I come down to this is, is I'm, I'm happy about this because it should be above board. And we should not penalize the kids because the NCAA was not ready for this. It's not the kids' fault. The NCAA was not ready for NIL. They fought NIL. Shouldn't take that out in the kids. So Kim Kelly's right about that. We should be paying these players. Because look at these TV contracts, man. I mean, a billion dollars to the Big Ten. It's absolutely absurd. And the players don't actually get it. Well, there's a scholarship. No, guys, they're not receiving any of that money directly. And look, there's no games that the players. Chip Kelly said it. Obviously, it's like that's that's what it is. Chip Kelly, the thing about him is he's really like, you can tell why he's tough to deal with people. Like he's just very practical. He's very very practical with you know like the way he thinks about stuff. Like he complained about a lot of the TV stuff this year too, and like he ran a ton of plays and games and stuff. Got to make his point about you know like some of the rules and whatever. But this is this is practical. This does make sense. I will say I, I don't love the G five. And the P5 separation part of it, and it's, it's separated now, but like they should still keep playing. I, I think it's a good point for that. And also too, you know, I think those, some of those teams sometimes do deserve consideration for the college football playoff. Like I, I want to live in a world where Cincinnati gets, you know, gets an automatic bid if they go 13 and 0 and are a top four. I mean, they went into 14 playoff. They, they're, you know, why couldn't a team like a Memphis or a Tulane get consideration to go when it's 12 teams, if it's a five plus seven model. So that's one part of this too, is the final playoff. You'd have to think about, okay, well, you know, is 65 enough? Like, are we going to start cutting some people out who might potentially deserve a chance? You know, what if an Oregon state runs a table in a mountain West, like we should be rewarding that kind of thing, you know? And also we love the, you know, the Boise state game. They played against Oklahoma, big moment. Obviously we want to create situations like that. Tulane beating USC last year. We want everybody to be invested though in those games. I, I don't want the, the one thing about the, the new year's six bowls, like that game Liberty against Oregon that we're about to have the concern you have for games like that is the fact that what is Oregon's incentive? They were one game away from going to the playoff. They lost that game. Why should they care about playing Liberty who had the worst schedule in FBS and went 13 and zero? why is that something they should be juiced and jazzed about? They shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. It just doesn't make a whole like. It's an opportunity to play another game, sure. But like, what are you actually getting out of that? I think guys will opt out of playoff games eventually, sure. Yeah, but also too, like, 
I don't know if like we're paying them enough money. I don't think they will all the time, you know? And I, I think of, you know, let's see how these contracts go and, and how, how we, we change them. But these guys are going to become employees. I mean, you're seeing what happened with the transfer rule, with the court saying, Hey folks, listen up. Here's the deal. You can't tell these kids when they can and can't transfer because they're not employees. And, you know, because they're not employees, you can't enforce non-competes. A lot of that stuff should not apply to these guys because they're not actually employed. So I thought that was an interesting, obviously a transfer rule too is an interesting thing that we'll have to look at. But generally speaking, when it comes to this, I'm on board with Chip Kelly, but I've got some skepticism about one league as a whole, although I do believe that's where we're headed. I just don't think it's going to be a 65-team league. I think one league as a whole ends up being a 40-team league. Now, if they go 65, that's great. Short-sighted would be 40 because once again, the people have put this in the chat and the in the chat in the comments. I've said this a lot too, but when it comes to the sport of football, right? College football is the second most popular American sport. It is behind pro football. What we have to understand about that is that look, like if you're a fan of North Dakota State, you might care about Alabama Alabama games or whatnot, but I had friends who went to JMU. So when JMU was in the FCS, they watched JMU games and they cared about what was happening with Elon and Richmond and, and those schools that they might end up playing, North Dakota State. Right? They're casual, big-time college ball fans, but their team is JMU. So what happens with Richmond is more relevant to them. right? So if college football is not the highest level of football, if you can watch a pro version on Sunday, it is important to keep the sport connected because if we just do big games between teams with no commonality, it's a problem. right? Chip Kelly said it. UCLA should be playing Arizona still in a lot of sports. Football, separate, whatever. But like even football, man, like the Big 12 is having to skip over some rivalries and potentially regional games in their first year of scheduling because they're trying to build some continuity in the league because it's a league full of teams that are all over the place. So that is a huge part of this, that the geography is out the window, guys. Cal and SMU and, uh, and Stanford are all ACC schools. You know, Rutgers is in New Jersey and they have to play in conference games against UCLA and Washington and Oregon. Right. So that is something that I think, you know, like once like this is heading a certain direction, just when we go that direction, we have to consider like what's good for the sport. How do we keep the sport connected still? Because I think you might lose viewership and, and interest from some folks like guys, if, if you're a K-State fan, K-State can't compete for championships. No, or like, you know, they can't compete with the same championship that Alabama's competing for. Why would you care about what Alabama does? So maybe like you could argue, hey, Alabama, Georgia is a higher level of football than K-State, TCU. Sure, you can. But also at the same time, I'm not advocating for that here, but like if it's a, it's a high level football I want, I can just go watch the NFL. So that's why I'm at with this. That's why we have to be careful. I think Chip's sentiment though about like, you know, hey, we have to, we, we need to change a lot. I just think too, we're in the middle of a lot with, with COVID still, with still COVID players. NIL just changed. The playoffs moving. The TV contracts have changed. We're losing one of the power conferences we've had forever. So all of that's kind of combining together to force this kind of situation. I think that's why people are feeling the way they are. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show where you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. Talk to you folks tomorrow.